Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to pray for a few minutes. Hallelujah. So turn to Isaiah chapter 40, and let's begin in verse 3. Thank you, Lord. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that this scripture is talking about prayer. I mean, it's talking about several things, but it's talking about prayer. But we want to be that voice tonight. We want to be a voice of the Lord tonight. The voice of Him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Well, that is, we know it's talking about John the Baptist. It's quoting about John the Baptist there. But uh, we can be a voice also. And when, when prayer is concerned, we have to use our voice in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to make a highway. For to make a, We make a way in prayer for what God wants to do in the earth. In other words, we clear the highway. We make the rough places smooth and the crooked places straight and uh, that the glory of the Lord can be revealed in situations. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so it's, it's important that we ask because we give God a way into the situations that are in, the, that are in our lives. Hallelujah. When we ask, we give Him a way in. And then also, like we've been talking about praying out the plans of God, when we pray, we clear that highway for the plans of God to come through and the things God, even uh, for the things God wants to do in our lives to be able to get through. Like, for instance, blessings that He wants to send, that any blockages to those, and we don't know what they are, but by the Holy Ghost as we pray, hallelujah, we make a way. We make a way. We get out there and we get out there in advance instead of we, you know, sometimes there's situations that come up and we have to pray from behind. In other words, if you've already got a lawsuit against you, then we're, we, we are praying to solve that. But better even if we can get out ahead of a situation and get it prayed out before it ever comes. And especially where the vision and the plan of God is concerned. Hallelujah. So it's already done. It's already prayed out. It's already planned out. And one of the things we're praying out is the plans for Word of Life Church for 2012, like speakers and things that we want that need to be need to happen in the church this year. Hallelujah. Because Pastor and I don't even have one speaker scheduled. Hallelujah. Just waiting to hear from God. On, on who's supposed to come in this year, who's got a deposit for Word of Life Church. And so, uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, let's start praying tonight. And then uh, we'll pray a few minutes in the Holy Ghost. And, and we'll start out by praising Him, of course. And we'll pray a few minutes in the Holy Ghost. And then we will uh, pray out in English whatever seems appropriate as as we flow let's stand up together
and praise the Lord tonight. We praise you, O oh God. And then after we praise him, you, you can walk or move or whatever you want to do. Sit down or stand up in prayer. We praise your name. We exalt you, O oh Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Your name is above every name. And we give you praise and glory. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the precious holy word of God. We thank you, Lord God, ha, for the anointing, for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Pray through us tonight, Holy Spirit, that the will of God be done in every situation. Hallelujah. That, are, that, that needs to be prayed through tonight. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Lead us in, the, in this prayer tonight. Halabati kibroto kobobohoshe. Anamati kibroto kobobohoshe. Arabahasha tikiba. Your plans, your purposes. Halabati kibroto kobohoshe. Oh Lord. Halabati kibrete kibohosha. Inamata kabohoso kabashi tikibrota. Arabahasha. Cabrata cohoche. Oh, take a brata coba babahasha. Oh, let take a briti kibahasha. Anama take a brata cohoche. Alabati kibrata coba babahasa. Oh, let take a briti kibrata. Anama take a boche. Oh, taka brata coba babahasha. Inamati, O se kebrata koba bahasha, Arabohosha kebrata kohoshe, Alabate kebrata kubashe, kibrete, kemasa. Lord, that we'd be at the right place at the right time, our steps ordered by the Lord. And Lord, you have those, those, uh, those set and appointed times ready for us. Alabati kibroto, Anamati ke shakabasa, O le te Oh, we praise you, Lord. Lord, we pray your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For Word of Life Church and for every family that is associated with Word of Life Church, your will be done. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray for our state and our county, Lord God, that you, Lord, you want a move of God in Alabama. You want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in all of Alabama, Lord God. And we know you have said so. Hallelujah for this region and for this area. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for miracles in Alabama. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. A new, a new level of miracles. A new hotekeba. We pray for signs and wonders in Alabama. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. We praise you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, what, Lord, what you do in the earth, we ask to be a part of. Of it that we would fall behind in no good thing, Lord. Hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Praise your name! Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah! We thank you, Jesus! Mm. Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, there's about three things we need to pray for tonight. Uh, one is uh, storms. And not just for the next three or four days, but we need right now to get in there and stop this tornadic pattern that's trying to continually move into Alabama. Hallelujah. We may not have authority in every county, and, and really, it's what the people are saying. You know why? It's not weather systems. It's what the people of Alabama say, and it's their fear that draws this in perpetually and continually. But we, uh, God gave us Scripture that He has given us this county. He didn't tell us. We have, I, can t- I might not could take you right now, but at home I've got it wrote down. Scripture and verse where he says, I have given you this land. And when he says something like that to you, what he means is I want you to take authority here. I don't want you to just let the devil run roughshod over your county. Hallelujah. So we can reverse because we've been given authority in the spirit realm. We can reverse some of the things that they're saying in the natural realm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, all our whole family was calling us from other states. Are y'all okay? Are y'all okay? It's like the, it's like the national news has gotten picked and they picked it up and made it bigger than, you know, it even really was. And like one man on TV said, you know, this wasn't a very bad storm, of course, unless your house was right under it, you know, and then it was really bad. But you know what I'm saying? It was not, but it was like you would have thought the storm of the century hit Alabama from the reaction even in the other states to, to you know, we had a lot of people calling us. And so... Um, we need to pray on that subject and bind that up and take authority over it. And then we need to pray for our elections. Hallelujah. And then we want to pray for Barry's brother, Joey Smith, who had a stroke yesterday. He's 40 years old and he hadn't woke up yet. Hallelujah. We got to get in there and do what we can do. Hallelujah. Jesus is good. God is good. And we need to pray for Gene. Melissa said... You know, even as much as Joey, we need to pray for Gene. Hallelujah. Barry's been praying for Joey, and hallelujah. We probably need to pray for Barry. <laughs> Melissa said he was up there with a bunch of women. Ooh, that's scary, isn't it? When you got a crisis, sometimes that could be overwhelming, being with a room with a bunch of women. So let's do that. And so uh, I might just call on some of y'all. Myron, won't you come up here and pray for Joey and Barry and Jean? And Eric, won't you pray about the, won't you come up here at the microphone, pray, and let's pray on those storms. And let's get that, take. we may not, can just pray once and take care of the whole spring, but we can take care of a lot tonight. We can just keep pressing on that. Hallelujah. And then we'll see what was the other one, elections. Hallelujah. Well, we'll see what happens. Father, we give Father, we give you praise. Father, we praise you, Father. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, that Barry's in the right place, Father. Father, we thank you that his words are are, are uh, set forth by you, Lord, Father. He speaks uh, life. He speaks life. Father, we, we come against death. Father, we come against death in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for wisdom for Barry, Father. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for boldness for Barry. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that your peace goes in there, Father, that passes all understanding, Lord, Father. We thank you, Lord, that the healing power is in Barry, that the same that Jesus had is in Barry. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, as he lays hands, Father, the power of God flows through him. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for peace for Jean, Father. Father, we thank you for a grace poured out upon her, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we even dispatch ministering angels to go help in the name of Jesus, Father. We thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence being in that room, Father. We thank you there's light in that room and not darkness in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. Death has no place there. Death has no place there in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we glorify you and we praise you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the testimony. We thank you for the report that we will have, Father, in the name of Jesus. We glorify you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word going forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bleeding, you stop in the name of Jesus. We bind you. We bind you. You can't bleed. No more. No more. From this, this time forward, no more. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We declare tonight that the members of Word of Life Church dwell in safety, Lord. No evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're in the secret place, and we're hidden. And we call the plans of the enemy null and void for destruction. Hallelujah. It has no place in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that in our path is righteous, in the pathway of the righteous is life, and there is no death. Thank you, Lord. We bind tornadic activity, Lord. We say it can't come to this county. Because we take our authority, and this is our place, and this is our house, and our land. Hallelujah. We, we declare it has no place here. It has to go around and lift up and, be, and dissipate in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And we understand our authority, and we walk in it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, that you guide and direct us in our decisions. We thank you, Father, that you give us supernatural wisdom and understanding in what man, Father, that needs to lead our country. We thank you, Lord, for guiding us in the ways of righteousness. And we thank you, Father, for men and women of integrity seated in areas, Father, of influence over our country. And we thank you, Lord, that you give them wisdom in dealing with other countries in this world, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for your protective hand over our country, Lord. We thank you that we dwell in safety. And, Father, I just pray, Father, that you would uh, open up uh, and reveal those things, Father, that, are, that uh, our nation would know exactly clearly what to, who to vote for, Lord, That's that you would... Father, that you would just uncover those things, Father, that we need to know. And, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that uh, our nation is is increasing, our economy is, is growing, 
And I thank you, Father, that we, we come against um, a poor economy. And we just thank you, Lord, that uh, you are, everything's turning out amazing everything. in our country. Everything. Amen. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our state and for our governor. I pray, Father, that you would guide him, Father. And, and I thank you for our good economy. Lord, in the state of Alabama. I thank you for all these new jobs, Lord, that you are bringing into this area. Father, we know, Father, that it's not, it's just not a, a something that just happened, Father. We know, Father, that you are blessing this state of ours, and I thank you for it. Hey, I mean, that was good. You know, we don't have to pray the whole thing in one service. You know, this is an ongoing thing. I did hear the Holy Spirit as soon as we started praying. I heard the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face, and the things of earth shall go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I just heard that in my heart. I believe it's so important right now. Even there's in the 2012, there will be things out there in the nation and in the world that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Test, test. All right. Praise God. Right place, right time. Garland prayed that, I believe. Right place, right time. The Word says in 1 John that you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And then she talked about uh, put your eyes upon Jesus. You know, when you do that, He'll show you who you're supposed to connect with. I've been having a realignment already this year. Not, not, I'm not throwing anybody overboard, and I'm not, you know, falling in love with anybody. But I'm measuring people to see if they're supposed to be in my life at the same level that they were in 11. And some of them didn't make the grade. You know, I'm, I'm reallocating them because that same rendezvous, that relationship where you at the right place, some of them aren't long-term. I've offloaded, they've offloaded, we've, we've been refreshed and blessed, and it's, you know, just going to go with a different way. You ought to consider who God's putting in your life to connect to for this gospel in these end days. Because I'm telling you, these, the Bible says, are perilous times, and that two is better than one. We've got to stay strong with each other here, but we've also got to help someone throw them a line so we can get them in the boat. Amen? You're the only one some people will ever have to save them and rescue them. So we've got to be there for them. Amen? Amen. Are you strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? Amen. Can you do all things through Christ which strengthens you? Are you filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you rich? <laughs> Are you healed? Are you healthy? Amen. Ah, oh, we're blessed to the Lord to be a blessing. Hallelujah. It's who we are. It's not what we do. It's who we are, and it's what it does through us. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word tonight, and we ask you for utterance. Not utterance just tonight to speak, but, Lord, utterance that your words would become embedded in us, and we would speak as an oracle of God, that wherever we go, Lord, we would decree a thing, and there it would be established. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to hear. We're asking you, Lord, to see. We're asking you, Lord, to be able to seize the plan of God for our life. So, Lord, I thank you that my tongue will speak tonight according to you, and, Lord, our ears will hear according to you, and there will be a divine trans transaction from heaven above, and increase will be the result, and glory to your name will proceed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hand on your body and say, I am the healed of the Lord. No weapon formed 
against me will ever prosper. I declare my body immunized against the trouble of this world. I declare the anointing of God in my hands to be so strong that when I lay hands on the sick, they always recover. I'm blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's true. It's true. Praise God. Turn in your Bible with me, if you would. Hallelujah. Where are we going? We're going to Philippians. Philippians. Hallelujah. Now, you know how we work around here. Well, you may not, but I'll just tell you how I work. Is uh, <laughs> The Lord just kind of gives me something, and I run with it thinking that'll be cute. That'll be cool, and I'll load up something else the next week, and there it goes. It starts unraveling like a big ball of yarn. We're going to minister tonight on the life of excellence. Point to yourself and say, I have the life of excellence working in me and coming out of me. Amen. It's, it's, so you are, we, we've looked at Scripture. We can't go to all of them. You know, it'll just keep us uh, uh, reviewing, but we've looked at Scriptures that talk about how you and I proceed from God Almighty, that we are children of God. We are made in His likeness, in His image, and He breathed inside of us the breath of His life, and the Zoe life of God, life as God lives it, was put in you at the new birth. Old things passed away. The old man you were was annihilated, destroyed, and taken out of the way, and all things became new. You became a new creation in Christ. We are something else. Nothing, nothing on the outside will ever be a demonstration of what's on the inside. We have to get it by faith, we have to believe it by faith, and we have to act on it by faith because there's nothing in us that says, whoo, you, you are a child of God, it's all over you. There is nothing that says, you know, look at that. We are, this flesh has taken over. Paul said, there is no good thing in my flesh. But who is on the inside? We get it by the Word of God. We act on it, and then He has the preeminence. He becomes dominant. He takes over. He begins to decree, to, to decree and declare, and things are established. You believe, and therefore you speak, and the world is changed. Amen? So this is the key right here. Without this, we are dirtbags. <laughs> Without the Word of God, we are just in a cursed-filled world doing curse-filled things. Amen? But I'm telling you, this thing about everything's going to turn out is turning out amazing. It is so true. Let's read some Scripture tonight and just, and just plant it in us. That's what we're doing is planting this life of excellence inside of us by the Word. Not rah-rah, you know. Get everybody fired up and get everybody lathered up, you know. You know, something good's going to happen. Let's get the Word of God and let it speak to us from the inside so that we can speak to the outside. Philippians chapter 1, in verse... Uh, oh, that's not right. It's chapter 4, verse 9. I believe that's right, yeah. Just a moment. Yes, verse 9. Those things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. 
Boy, you could just run around the church right there. The God of peace shall be with you. And, uh, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. Just a moment. I'm going to make sure that, uh, that I'm where I'm supposed to be. I, I know this verse is later. Nope. I'm, I'm, it doesn't sound right. I'm, 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 I'm going to chapter... It is verse, chapter 1, verse 9. We'll go, to, we'll go to chapter 4 in a minute. We are going to chapter 4, and that's the reason it threw me off. Verse 9 in chapter 1. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Here it is, verse 10. That ye may approve things that are excellent. Now let's just say that first person. That I may approve things that are excellent that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, now look, which are, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So uh, it says that ye may approve things that are excellent. Well, I look that up because I don't know what that means, that ye may approve things that are excellent. And that word there, excellent, means different. So, you know, to be a Christian and to live an excellent life, a life of excellence, you're going to have to approve things that are different. Well, we don't like to approve things that are different because we like to conform and we don't like to stick out and we don't like to go down a different road. It also means things that matter. It also means things that are important, that ye would improve, that ye would approve of things that are important. You know, the Bible says that in the last days that men will say that black is white and white is black. That literally it says that good is evil and evil is good. And you know, it is just happening right now. Uh, such a controversy in the in the land and in the world about what is good and what is bad. And our political system right now is in great conflict over those two ideologies. But it doesn't matter. That's an out. That's an outroot of what we have to do as Christians is to approve of those things which are excellent, those things which are different, and those things which are important. That we're to approve of them. In other words, we're to tell other people that's important. And it takes a lot of guts. It takes a certain amount of boldness to approve of those things. Uh, a good life, a good life is not necessarily a life of excellence. A good life is a life that by any measure could just be a better life. I've told you all many times that this gospel that we preach, the danger of it or the, the downside of it is that it so lifts people up and gets them into a better place. They are so excited about being out of the, out of the miry clay that they want to just stop and not rock the boat and, you know, go for two in the bush. It's like, this is better. Let's don't go any further. And a lot of times they park at a good place, but it's not an excellent place. And the Lord wants us to get past where we are, even though it's a great improvement, and to press in towards what he's got for us, the whole thing. So a life of an, of a, a, a good life might not be a good life to you. Somebody, Lisa's good life, she'll go, yeah, buddy, I, it's good for me right now. 
And we look over there and say, honey, we, we, we lived that years ago. We've already moved on. We're so glad you're off drugs now. And we're so glad. <laughs> okay, we're clarifying it. We, it's not Lisa. Hallelujah. But, but I thought it hurt Garland's feeling if I told on him. So, so But you, you know what I mean? That, that a good life and wherever God's put you is a good life, but that wouldn't be a place with, which would necessarily be an excellent life. A life of excellence is a standard that everyone sees and says that is good. It is, it is something that has transcended individuals and the victories that you and I have and get on our own. And we look out there and say, that is a Jesus life. And it's... And I, you know, I even hesitate to even bring it to you because it's like, man, I hadn't got the good life going. You know, I'm still on drugs or whatever. I'm still dealing with this and I'm still dealing with that. And, you know, how can I go for that when I hadn't even got what I would consider the good life going? I'm telling you what happens is, is you, you start casting your line out there to the life of excellence. And when you catch it, it pulls you through just a good life. We don't fight our way through a, to, to a good life. We get on the other side of a good life to a life of excellence, and it pulls us through all that stuff that we didn't even know would have to be dealt with. You've got to set the standard in the Lord Jesus. And when you set it in Him, then you can pull through all the stuff that the world says, good enough. I told you last week, maybe it was Sunday, that you know my dad was in the service and good enough for government work. Government work. When we traveled the nation, uh, when we first came to Alabama, we would go into churches, and, and I don't even think the government would approve of some of the things we found in churches. You know, you'd go behind the piano. I mean, you didn't go behind there, but you walked behind it, and it was just somebody's closet and somebody's filing cabinet, somebody's, you know, shoebox or whatever, just all this stuff piled in there. And, and you know, they'd be slurping. We would went into churches, big churches, and they would be, the pastor's wife would have her a big slurpy on the front row with a straw in it, sucking on it and, and, and you know, making sounds during the message. You know, I was up there, you know, and, and, just and you just go what is this what is this it's not excellence we have just about vacuumed the green out of this carpet i'm telling you this carpet's not that old but we scrub everything in this church every before every service we just and i'm i'm just saying we have seen it and we must go there and you're just like, I don't see it, and I don't want to go there. Well, if you're attached to me and Debbie, you might as well hitch up, because that's how it's going to be. And it's not that we have the whole thing for any means, but at least we're taking a step. Amen? So a life of excellence is a standard that anyone acknowledges. For example, you could have a Jesus is my Savior life, which is good, but not as good as Jesus is my Lord life. Y'all say Amen. Boy, you just go, if Jesus is Lord, that is a way notch up than Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is Lord. Well, that just changes everything. That just, in your, in your money, in your family, in everything. And then on the other side, uh, you could be in the kingdom, but not be reflecting the kingdom. You know people that aren't reflecting the kingdom, but they're obviously born again. They're Christians. They're, they're children of God, but they're not doing it. So uh, the expectation of excellence that the Lord has for us is not based on where you are, 
but it's based on your potential. And the Lord sees you. Now listen, he sees you healed already. Is that right? Does he look at you and say, my word, how did we miss that? Uh, Johnny's down there, and we just went right over him at the cross and didn't see him, and there he is sick, and we can't do a thing about it. We got to send healing to Johnny. No, that didn't happen, did it? He sees you healed. He sees you wealthy. Well, he also sees you in the place that he sent you when you got the new birth. He invested, endued, and endowed you with who you are in him, and that is your potential. Say, my potential. potential. And you go, well, I don't think I have much. You can't measure it by feelings. You can't measure it by what people have said. You know anybody that's said to somebody else, you'll never amount to anything? If they believe those words, their life is over. Might as well just cut their head off, just put them in the ground, because, you know, if they believed it, there's no use in living that life. But it's just not true, not as a human being and certainly not as a Christian. So we have to stop our lives and say, who am I in him? What is the potential? Because that's what I'm going to be measured for my life. That if he set me to be a prophet, then I, ca- I got to get born again. <laughs> I got, you know, or whatever. If he set me to be a keyboardist, you know, I'm going to have to take some lessons or have the Holy Ghost come on me. Hallelujah. Yeah, We're going to have to find what his expectation is because that is the mark. And looking around the room and seeing somebody that's just an excellent person in the nursery or just gifted to go to children's church or just leads the music like, you know, a, a, a movie star and to say, I'll set my standard according to that would be wrong. Wouldn't be the life of excellence. Am I telling the truth? Wouldn't be the life of excellence. You might not even have to do that much. You might have a different calling that some people would say wasn't as good as what you've been seeing and what you've been measuring. But you have to find it in him. What is the life of excellence? What's the expression of it out of my life? So we got to have some carpet time, don't we? I mean, you got to get down on your face and say, Oh, God, I'm asking. And you said if I would ask, you would tell me, What do you want me to do with my one and only life? And at that point, when you open the door, he comes in. He does not beat it down. He doesn't come into the room without you asking him. He will come when you say, Lord, I want to know. I'm I'm taking hold. What to do with my one and only life? Acknowledging that it's not really up to you to do anything with it except say yes. That all of it's going to come from his side. I like that translation. Uh, was it Cotton Patch in Galatians that says, uh, uh, him using my body? Yeah, Galatians 2.20. Just using my body. God wants to use our body and use our life. Amen? So this life of excellence is so important. So the heathen, now I, I believe this, the heathen are excluded from the life of excellence that's measured by heaven. This is a new birth thing. This is a God thing. This isn't just good people and rich people and people that got time and people that were born wealthy and they, they, they go to the country club and they, they, they play cards in the afternoon and they've got time, but doggone, God, I'm a working guy and I got to go to work and I got, you know, kids to feed and cars to pay off and, you know, I, there's no life of excellence here for me. That's for other folks. I'm telling you, it's not true. It's measured according to the new birth. And God, the greater one in us, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now, that's not just a handy scripture. From heaven's point of view, it is the standard. Greater is he that is in me than everybody else in the world. 
Well, if to who, Debbie quoted it a while ago, to whom much is given, much is required. Did you quote that? Sounds good anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, you've been given much. That is the mark that you have to reach. You can't whine and say, oh, God, I don't want to sing, and I don't want to go to the nursery, and I don't want to go preach on the corner. It's according to the standard. So uh, it's Christians. But I have noticed that this thing is so powerful for Christians, so nuclear for us that are born again, where God actually moved inside and displaced the old man, that that is so powerful that any measure back, you can still see it as a residue like in the Jews. The Jews are not born again. Y'all know the Jews are not born again, but they are the people of God, and there is a residue. The Bible set, talks about in Nehemiah, uh, according as God's good hand was upon me. So there is a residue even in, in Jews where God has sanctioned them that you can actually see the God people, that there is a residue of, of the life of excellence inside of them, and I want to prove this to you. I looked this up today, and I used a, a standard that the world recognizes about God being with us and influencing us versus God not being with someone and not influencing them. And I looked the Jews, I went to the Nobel Peace Prize or the Nobel Prizes, did you know the Nobel Prizes have been around since 1911 when Alfred Nobel invented uh, dynamite? And from the money he made on dynamite, he, he started putting out money to people that had great discoveries, and they would, uh, I think it's Norway or Sweden somewhere where that started. And since 1911, 1901, excuse me, 1901, there's been 850 awards out of those 850, 185 individuals, Jewish individuals, have won the Nobel Prize. 185 individuals, and that's how they count it. But actually, many of the 185 got more than one Nobel Prize. Of the 850, it was more, it is more than 185. The, uh, the Jewish people in the world, population percentage is 0.2%. That would be, is that 70 million? I don't know, but it's less than 1%. It's a fifth of 1%. Uh, did you get that? A fifth of 1%. Yet in the Nobel Prize, the Jews have claimed 20 2%. In the Kyoto Prize, which I don't know anything about, but it's, it's widely acclaimed, Jewish recipients are 25%. One out of four are Jews, yet they are one-fifth of 1% 1 of the population. The Wolf Foundation Prize has 33% Jewish recipients. The U.S. National Medal of Science Award that's given annually, 38% of the people, scientists, people in literature, all the things that these things are awarded for, 38%. Amazing. You go, well, how about a contrast? Let's take the Muslims. You want to know about the Muslims and how blessed of God they are? 
I'm going to tell you these figures, and you're going to know they are absolutely on their own. They don't have anything going on towards a life of excellence. The Muslims represent right now 24% of the world population. Did y'all get that? One out of four people all over the world are Muslims, and it's the fastest-growing religious sect that there is. However, since 1901, of all the Muslims, and you know the Muslims have been around since the 600s, so they, they're not that far. They're 600 years back of Christianity, but there wasn't that many Christians in the 600 years, so it's pretty, pretty equitable. They have won a total in the Nobel Prize realm of nine. Did you hear me? Nine versus 185. And of those nine, four of them were the Peace Prize, which was not based on academics, based on science, based on a, 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 a liturgy type thing. It was based on someone saying, you did a good thing and we're going to give you an attaboy for world peace, like Anwar Sadat. Actually, one was from Turkey, one was from Pakistan, one Muslim was from Bangladesh, one was from Palestine, and four were from Egypt. So one man won four of them by himself, and there was five other Muslims in the sciences out of all those in 110 years. I'm making my case that the excellent life doesn't come from the outside, from intelligence, from what you know, from education. It is absolutely generated from the inward man. Are y'all here? I was amazed by that. Um, they have won, the Muslims have won 1%, 1.05% of the Nobel Science Awards versus um, 22% of the Jews. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13, if you would. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. There's a great one inside of you. You've got his DNA. You've been birthed from him. You've been refathered from above. It's not what's on the outside. I got a third grade education. You know, your mama died. You had to raise three brothers and sisters. You had to, you, had to, you know, uh, bring all your stuff home. You didn't have a chance to do this. And all the stories that are out there that people say, I never had a chance. And if they ever have a testimony of just doing something great, then everybody goes, wow, look where they came from. But I'm telling you, you can be, you can be happy rich, and you can be... Uh, 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 world famous and be a born-again believer and not be set back in any dimension. God wants to take everyone based on the new birth and give them a life of excellence. You go, what's this all about? I'm telling you, you got to want it before you'll let God give it to you. Good enough is good enough for Christians. They're just so glad they're just not going to hell. Do you all know those people? Just so, just chirping and talking about not going to hell. And that's just not what God's all about. He, of course, not going to hell. Jesus said that he wanted to come, he was building mansions for us and that he was going to go and prepare a place for us. And in verse 6 of, of Luke um, 18, I believe, he said, he said why, do you, why do you want to prepare a place for us, Lord? Why are you going to go and do that and come for us? He said, so that where I am, there you may be also. God wants to be with you. 
He moved inside. He wants to be with you even closer than Adam was who walked with him in the cool of the garden. He wants to be uh, closer than a brother. And so how he's going to do it is he's going to give you a good life from the inside out versus from the outside out. We don't trust rich people in the sense of when they uh, uh, get their money through unscrupulous means and through dubious uh, practices. But if someone didn't have anything and they believed God and started setting themselves in faith to do something great for God, I'm telling you it is a bright testimony. It is a great thing. Romans, are you there? It says in chapter 13, praise God. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm, I'm putting it on. I'm just doing it for me, and y'all can just ride if you want to. Verse 14 says, uh, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's read the first part together. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Point to yourself and say it with me. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm born again. What do I have to put on? I'm telling you, you have to acknowledge the greater one in you. You have to acknowledge that I'm not the same on the inside as it seems on the outside. We have to acknowledge that faith is the great equalizer, that it's not based on what my parents made and what my schoolmates made and what my, my life turned out. It's based on what Jesus has called me to do, excuse me, to be and to do and to have. And I'm going to set my mark on that. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on. That's talking about faith. That's talking about changing your mind. That's talking about having a persuasion. That's talking about living by conviction. That's talking about breaking out. Not that I'm going to be a millionaire before I'm 30 and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this and have that and fly this and own this. It's talking about putting ye on the Lord Jesus and letting him decide what an excellent life looks through you, through you, him shining through you. Him getting the glory through you. Put ye on. Take off Michael Billings. Take off Garland Cash. Take off Manny Signs. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. You think it'd make a difference? You think God would bless that? You think it would change things? You think the devil would take notice? Do you think he runs in stark terror when Jennifer Baker stands up and says, It's me, devil. Pays no attention. But when he sees Jesus in this little woman... Blessed Lord, he runs in stark terror. Put ye on the Lord Jesus. I love that. Praise God. In chapter 2, 12 of Romans, you're right there. Look left. If Paul says in chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech ye, therefore, I beseech ye, I beseech ye. That I'm, I'm asking you fervently. I'm, this is important. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. This is important. This is, this, he's going deep here. This is, this is important that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. How, Paul? Holy, acceptable unto God. Why? Which is your reasonable service. You can't even say, God, look at me. I, 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 I'm giving it to you. He said, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're empowered to do. That's what's inside of you to do. 
Man, I've done something. I, I gave up drinking, and I gave up driving fast, and I gave up the girls, and I gave up this and that. There. I must be something fancy as a Christian. That's just what we're supposed to do is put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 2, that's where I'm going. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, transformed. The world right now is under a curse. Do you all know the world is under a curse? The, the devil has got that. He's had the earth lease whenever it came off, but anyway, it's been under a curse. And the world is conformed to the God of this world. It is conformed. We think like, the world thinks like the God of this world. That's why there's lack. That's why there's shortage. That's why there's disease and sickness. Not because Jesus didn't defeat it, but because we think that it's that it's the way it is. We're, we're, we're conforming ourselves to this curse. He said, but be, ye be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing, by the renovation. You know, when you renovate a bathroom or a kitchen, you just knock it all out and get it down to the floor and get it down to the studs and start building it back. He's not saying patch up your thinking. Tweak it a little bit. Put, put, a, put a little thing in the corner. He said, gut it all out. Change it all out. Change your mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, here it is, that ye may prove. That word prove is the word demonstrate. Come on, y'all. Change your mind so that you can demonstrate. Demonstrate what, Paul? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, do y'all believe the excellent life is the perfect life? But there are other lives that he doesn't just throw us out until we have the perfect light going, that we can be acceptable, that we can be good. This word that ye may demonstrate, what he wants you to demonstrate all three levels. He wants you to prove all three levels. This first level, what is that good? That is the word useful. Y'all write in your Bible? Put your little flag out there and put it in your margin and put uh, useful. The Lord will use an old donkey to talk to the man of God and make him useful. He don't think you're something because you, you had a little twitch and gave a word to somebody or, or, you know, was led by God and think, man, I have tapped out heaven. They are all, they're all pointing over here to the northeast where I am. You're just useful. Thank God we finally got you out of the way and got you to, you know, taking the break off and at least getting neutral like Brother Hagin said. If you, he said, if you can't, if you can't help, put, take your foot off the brakes, what he said. So it's useful. You can demonstrate something that's useful. I believe that most Christians are at or right under this level. Right under useful. Now, what do you all think? I mean, you've looked out there and seen them. We've looked at our own past and said, you know, if, if anybody's like I used to be, if they're still there, they're... Thank God they are useful, if they are. But he wants you to demonstrate being useful. But he doesn't want you to say, you know, this is it. I am the prize God's been looking for. I am, I am the one, come and follow me. I am useful. But he wants more. That she may prove what is that useful and acceptable. You got your pen out there? The word acceptable means well-pleasing. 
Ooh, now that's more better. That's better than just useful. You know, you can be useful and not be pleasing. It's like we need you to go to the store and get, and get a half a gallon of milk. And, you know, you go to the store and you get a quart of, of whipping cream. And you go, well, that was useful, but it wasn't very well pleasing or whatever. You know, lots of Christians are doing their own thing. They're pursuing things that are just them, and God takes what the devil uses for evil and what, what you and I use that's carnal, and somehow he turns it and gets some good out of it. Y'all say amen. He takes a lot of junk and makes it good. And sometimes he's so good at it, we stand back and say, isn't that something what I did? And actually, <laughs> it wasn't even that useful, much less well-pleasing. We ought to get our lives so on a line that we get to the place we say, Lord, I want to be well-pleasing. But you know that wasn't even the highest level. I'm talking about the life of excellence tonight, where you're useful, and then occasionally, on spot after a time of consecration and sanctification and crying before the God, or a really good song, uh, you know, or a really wound up sermon, or maybe you've been in sin, and you know, it, God just came on you, and you just go, oh God, I'm going to serve you, and you got well-pleasing a time or two. There's still more. That word there that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. That word perfect, it's such a word. It literally means um, uh, complete, finished, don't have enough margin for this, mature, and here's what it means, brought to its end. Do you know that you can be in the perfect will of God and do it perfectly, and that's the end of it? You couldn't have done it better. Do y'all believe that Jesus did the will of God? Do y'all believe that he didn't just, you know, hit at it or, or good enough for government work or good enough for the Jews or good enough for, you know, for, for being down here all by myself, Lord, what do you expect? You know, there's, there's, there's all these millions of these heathens and I'm down here, the Son of God, all by myself. What do you expect? Mature, complete, fulfilled that you may prove, that you may demonstrate what is that good and acceptable, that useful and well-pleasing and perfect will of God. Now, y'all, that's where the life of excellence flows. You can hit on it at useful. You can get a little dribble going and, and get, get a little uh, stream going at uh, well-pleasing. But when you start walking over there by faith, Lord, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm going for the mature, the complete, the fulfilled. I'm, every day I'm going to get up and say, Lord, I'm accessing. I'm accessing the perfect will of God for this day. Thought, deed, motive, uh, attitude and perspective, people, purging my heart, saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, bring it to me, and I'm dealing with it. Are you all with me? You go, well, we're not even interested in that. Well, if we don't set the mark out there, we'll settle for a smaller mark and say that we've hit the mark. So if you just hear this one time and you go, that's a bunch of stuff, you've heard that at least I believe the Bible says that we can walk in the divine, perfect, complete, and fulfilled will of God in our lives. In Colossians chapter 4, listen to this. It uses the same word. It says, laboring fervently for you in prayers that ye may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. In the will of God. That's in Colossians 4.12. That you laboring fervently for you in prayer, Paul said, that ye may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. The Bible says you can stand perfect and complete 
in the will of God. Y'all want that? What would that be like? That's called days of heaven on earth. We all know that in heaven we're going to have the perfect and complete will of God working in us all the time. It's not going to be a mess up up there. I told some kinfolks, I talked about some of my kinfolks, and then I talked to somebody about their kinfolks. I said, just give it a rest. Just leave it alone because they say they're right and they say you're wrong and they say you're an idiot and just leave it alone because when we get to heaven, there won't be any settling of arguments. There won't be anybody coming in and judging it. There's such a sense of the, of the, of the glory of God. Everybody knows who's right. Everybody knows what's, what's right. There's not a sense of arbitration and compromise and settle this. It truth is in the air, we are saturated with truth. And we are all humbling ourselves. I don't know all the logistics, but none of us are trying to have our way in heaven. All of us are saying, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if there's a speck of anything in me, and there wouldn't be, but if there was a speck, I, Lord, I want it out at all costs. And that's what he's asking for us to do down here, is to go after, to prove, to demonstrate that perfect fulfilled and complete will of God, the life of excellence. Praise God. Now I want you to turn to Philippians 4, because this is that scripture that I, I just about gnawed it into little pieces a while ago. <laughs> Woo. Praise God. Philippians 4, and we'll finish with this. Hallelujah. Now we all know verse 13, but let's back up before verse 13. And look in verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. How many of y'all know we're supposed to be praying and supplicating? Hallelujah. Uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts. You want your heart kept? We've got to give it to God, don't we? shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, we're getting to verse 13, but he's laying the groundwork. You know, I can do all things through Christ. He's got a groundwork. He's got a foundation. In verse 9, he says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last, finally, he said, Your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. In verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want. Now look, for I have learned in whatsoever I state I am therewith to be content. Do you know that contentment has to be learned? It's not something somebody brings to you. It's not the raise. It's not the, the vacation. It's not, the, it's not the, the, the fishing boat. It's something you learn. You cannot get happy, Mar you know, throwing this woman under the bus and going and getting you a new woman or whatever. Are y'all getting this? It's contentment is learned. And Paul went on to say how? He said, I know. I've learned. I had to learn it. I know how to be abased. That means to be brought low. And I know how to abound. That means to exceed expectations. He said, everywhere 
and in all things, I am instructed, Paul still learning, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says, then he says, after he said, I have learned to be content, he says, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You just can't throw that thing out there. We've got to have a life of excellence going if you want to do all things through Christ, which empowers, or uh, it, uh, what's the other word? Empowers, uh, strengthens me in Christ. You've got to have a, a something going on where you have settled, I'm not happy. Y'all know any unhappy people? They're not doing all things through Christ. Because you can learn at every place in your life to be content. Doesn't mean you've settled, doesn't mean you like it, doesn't mean it's the future, it doesn't mean that it's how it's going to turn out, but you're passing through a time, you're passing through a season, you're passing through circumstances, not necessarily even your fault. There's people coming through your life, they need what you've got, and you're having to deal with them, you're having to offload something to them, you're having to encourage them, or find them, fund them, or keep them at your house, or something, something that's not according to your life of excellence. So you're offloading. Or you're downloading, you're having to go to somebody and you don't want to, and they're having to tell you, well, this is how it works and this is how this happens. And you go, oh, thank you, because I was just walking around in the wilderness for 40 years until I got, you know, off the loop and you gave me the exit number to get out. Y'all ever ministered like that? Ministry is messy. Ministry is work. But it's who we are and it's what we do and we do it in a life of excellence, and we do it contentedly. We do it because we've learned to be content. One thing you learn is you just learn this is life, and there's not a place or a time or there's not people that I can get rid of. You can't kill them. You can't, <laughs> you can't move from them. You can't disown them. You have to get content with them here. You can't, you can't criticize, you know, you just, you have to get content with them here, and that means you got to be like, like when you cut off a, a tomato root, a plant that's got a tomato root, you cut it off, and it starts trying to wither because you cut off the main root, what does it do? It throws one out over here to try to, to, to make up for it. Well, that's what you got to do. If people have started uh, flowing to you and they cut it off, you just got to throw a feeder over here and say, Lord, praise God, you're the source. You're my life. I've learned to be content. And it's just these people, Lord, help me help them or get them out of my life. Give them to Garland, Lord. He's so patient. He's so kind. <laughs> we want it, don't we? We want this life, but there's a cost. Now, here's something. I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm going to tell you this right here, and this is going to help you. The revelation, the revelation. Here's the revelation. If you can get this, you can have the life of excellence. The revelation is, is that it's easier to live by faith than apart from God's Word. Let's say it together. It's easier to live by faith than apart from God's Word. Now, that's revelation. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it, it but it's, it's easier. I can do all things through Christ than I can on my own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stirring ourselves up. Letting the Lord provoke us to love and good works. Amen. We're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings. If you're giving tonight, you need an envelope.
Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for praying with us tonight. You know, we got a lot done tonight. It's not measured by time. It's not measured by hollering. It's not measured by, you know, holy windows and lighting. It's measured by the heart. And we got some stuff done tonight. I hope you young people, I hope y'all are, are letting the Lord teach you how to pray. I hope you're just not blowing it off and, and just saying, whatever, it's adult work. I'm telling you, if I'd been young and knew how to pray, would my life be different? I am at the right place at the right time. I am positioned for power. Hallelujah. We didn't look at it, but it says, as he is, so am I in this world. As he is, casting out devils, I'm laying hands on the sick, I'm speaking to the storms, hallelujah. I've got the pattern, and the Lord has stamped me out in the Jesus pattern, hallelujah. Well, I'm reminded to get you to attach faith with this offering tonight. We do it so fast, we just do it because of time, but you and I have been trained how to attach ourselves, attach our faith to this seed, and not just let it go by because... You know, it's a school night and all that sort of stuff. To attach your faith to your seed. Because if you knew what it did, you would stop and render it. Lord, we thank you tonight for the seed of your word that is working in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the seed of our substance. This seed is me. It's not money. It's not American. It's not U.S. It is me. It represents me. It is the result of me. It is me in the plate tonight. So I release my life unto you in this dimension. I lay it down in this level. And Lord, I expect to pick it up with favor towards God and man, with jobs and better jobs. Lord, with checks in the mail, with debts forgiven. Lord, for for uh, uh, debts paid off. Lord, I thank you for things turned to my favor. I thank you, Lord God. It is happening now, and I give you praise. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Did we have any announcements before we come to church Sunday? Big announcement. 1010. We'll be here. We are, we are cranking it up at 1010, not 10. 11, but 10, is that right, Garland? We are, we're rolling the band out, and the choir's standing here, and the orchestra will be in place, and 1010, we're launching, hallelujah. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name, amen, be blessed.